Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty. What a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? Today I want you to lean into the story. I want you to watch the narrative, the cast members, the characters. I want you to find yourself somewhere in this story that I'll tell. Where are you in here? Who best represents your life? Who do you best identify with? I will say at the outset that some of the stories that are in Scripture, that we can read them so quickly and become overly familiar with them, that we miss the intensity, the weight or the drama of the story, the tragedy, the comedy in the story. But in this particular story, I want to address it from a single angle of being a neighbor. What we find is Jesus has come to town and he's preaching again. He's at the height of his popularity. He's shaking up the religious establishment. He's doing miracles. He's creating a stir across Galilee. And we pick up in the story in the Gospel of Mark chapter 2. And it reads, a few days later, Jesus came back to Capernaum. The news spread that he was back home, and a large crowd gathered to hear him speak. The house was so full that there was no place to stand, not even outside the door, while Jesus was teaching. Some people brought a paralyzed man to see him, and he was being carried by four of them. But they could not get the man inside to Jesus because the house was so full of people. So they went to the roof above Jesus and made a hole in it. Then they lowered the mat with the paralyzed man on it. When Jesus saw how much faith they had, he said to the paralyzed man, Young man, 
your sins are forgiven. And our story, our narrative starts that way. So Jesus is back in town preaching and teaching. There were four guys that wanted to go hear him, wanted to see this Jesus. But they're perplexed. They're in a quandary. I want to go, but I got my friend that's paralyzed on a mat. What do we do? Conversation that is had is not in Scripture, but can you imagine with me in the story if there's four of us and one of our best friends can't move, he's not mobile? I think all of us, being neighborly, would say, we got to take him. We got to go get her. If she could, she would, but she can't. Imagine with me for a moment. These guys are picking up a full-grown man on a mat and walking through town, stumbling through the rocky roads of Capernaum just to get to the house when it would have been much easier just to go on your own. You ever have anybody call you to do something and you are having a nice relaxing day and their call or their text becomes an inconvenience? But you know the right answer to the text or the call. You know the right thing to do. So like good people, good neighbors, we do it. I think that's where these four friends were. They take him. They carry him across. They rest. They stumble. He's of no value to them. He's of no help. He can't help himself. But they feel for him. They're moved with friendship, neighborly compassion. So they get to the house and they realize that people have come from all over Galilee to hear Jesus. They get to the house and they realize that it's full. But for these neighbors, these friends, these guys, that's not good enough. They didn't stumble. They didn't sweat in vain. So we got to see Jesus. The outside of the house isn't working. Just to hear his voice doesn't work for me. We got to see Jesus. I want to see him teach. I want to see his body language. I want to feel the persona coming off his spirit. So these four guys, amazingly, I don't recommend it, but they get the crippled man in his mat up to the roof. I'm not even a big fan of tall ladders by myself. You see, the Bible doesn't tell us, and I don't really know, but how did four guys get a crippled man to a roof? Kudos to them. You see, the first century in Galilee, the houses were constructed in such a way that the roof was a combination of beams and branches and tree limbs. 
and a kind of a crisscross mesh pattern. And then over that, it would have been a very hard, thick layer of clay. Under that construction back then, and Jesus is down in the house preaching, it sounds illogical, doesn't it? That Jesus is preaching, and you're going to go to this person's house, and you're going to rip a hole in their roof? Now, I'm just thinking, what's the owner thinking as he's opened his house to Jesus? But there is something about the tenacity of these friends trying to help their neighbor. So the story continues. They tear off a hole. And Jesus is down there preaching and teaching, and they, they lower the man. You talk about creativity, ingenuity. I don't know, ropes, pulleys. They lowered him down. Now, on a side note, my thought is just drop him. He's already paralyzed. You can't break nothing. He's going to get healed anyway, so if he broke something extra, let's see how great this Jesus is. Oh, sorry, broke his neck. Can you fix that too? Anyway, back to the story. This brings a whole new level of, won't you be my neighbor? You see, all eyes are on Jesus for maybe a moment, and I can just see him. They're glancing at the homeowner. Back to Jesus. Up in the... They lower the man down, and Jesus is sitting there, and Scripture says that seeing their faith, He says to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. And he tells the man to pick up his mat and go home. Ironically, surprisingly, the man does it. At the words of Jesus. Really? Yes, really. But it was the four neighbors, the four friends, the four buddies that changed the narrative of his life. Let me pause for just a moment at the outset of my message, my story time. I said, find yourself in the story. What character, what cast member are you? Hmm. Let me pull a few things out of the story. And first, I want you to notice that the friends carried the mat. This man lived on the mat. This was his life. This was the existence of who he was. Say, hey... What size square foot do you live in? Oh, I live in an 1,800 square foot house. Oh, I live in an 18 by 24 inch mat. It was his safety. It was his security. This mat was his home. It was his identity. 
It was a symbol of his weakness. It was a symbol of everything that was wrong with him. It's the one thing he could have used to keep hiding from his miracle. It's the thing that could have caused him to be ashamed, that he's embarrassed. You see, everybody is normal. Everybody moves around. Everybody is mobile except me. I don't have a chance. I depend on people. And on the other side of the equation, the mat could have been the very thing that the four friends thought he was crippled to. You see, because the friends could have said he's grown accustomed to that life. He's never gone with us anywhere before. He's not used to going to places. That's his life. He gets it. Not my life. I wouldn't get it, but he gets it. Let's just go and hear Jesus. But that's not how the story's written. That point of pain instead of being a barrier. You see, he became a point of connection that created the possibility for a miracle. That point of pain created the connection for the miracle. In the story in Mark chapter 2, the four guys were part of his miracle. But what did the four guys get out of it? Their life's not changed. They, they didn't come in contact with Jesus. They were still on the roof. So I think in my story, the only winner, the only recipient, the only beneficiary is this guy. But he's crippled. Can I tell somebody something this morning? We all have a mat. It's that one thing that we're nervous for people to find out about that we don't want anybody else to see. Maybe it's something in your past. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's fear. It's the one thing that we try to hide or we try to avoid. We try to mask it. It's the thing that we're afraid of, that if we let out, no one will ever want to be my neighbor because it's too difficult. So we live our life on the mat. We decide that this is the way it is. I'm accustomed to it. It's the insecurity that we need to admit. It's the confession that we need to make. It's the help that we need to ask for. It's the weakness that we just need to own. It's the tragedy in your life, the trauma, the trial that we're trying to walk through and survive. Maybe your mat is a hurt. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a hang-up that you're trying to wrestle to the ground. Maybe your mat is a sin that you've committed, a sin that has been committed against you. 
It's that thing in our past or that thing in our personality. Something about our family, our finances, our circumstance that we try at all costs just to hide because we're afraid somebody's going to see it and they're not going to want to get close to me. They're not going to want to like me. They're not going to want to be my friend. It's the map. You see, we can use the mat to keep people at arm's length. Where are you in this story? What cast member are you that I've described so far? Can I talk about your mat? Because your miracle might just be on the other side of your vulnerability. Because somebody else's miracle might just be on the other side of you willing to embrace the awkward and the messy and the inconvenient. So maybe in my story, you're one of the four and you need to be inconvenienced for somebody to get their miracle, to somebody to learn about Jesus, for somebody to draw closer to Calvary. Hey, I'm good. I'm close to Calvary. I'm snuggled up to it. I'm a tree hugger. I'm good. What about them? Well, that's an inconvenience. You see, when you bring the mat to Jesus, you change the story. You activate new stories. You activate a new life. And so again, I keep asking the question on purpose. Are you the one on the mat in the narrative? Are you helping the man get to Jesus? Where are you in the story? Find yourself. Identify yourself. The man on the mat walked away from the scene completely changed with a completely new life, a new outlook, and a new way of living. Watch this. And it wasn't even his faith. How do you process that? Sir, you're going to walk away with a miracle because of my faith. That's kind of what the story tells me. Sir, ma'am, young adult, youth, your miracle is on the other side of my faith. Or maybe you're telling somebody that. But no matter how you size up the cast members, we're all in this story at some magnitude, some aspect. Maybe your miracle's on the other side of the risk that you take. Maybe your miracle is the place where you push past inconvenience. Maybe on the other side of your checkbook. Maybe the other side of your calendar. Maybe the other side of your pride. So today, you're on a mat before Jesus. here's the six million dollar question simply four words what do you do what do you do you leave today with a touch from God you leave today with 
health and reconciliation. You leave today with a new story. Or you go back to living on your mat. Let me ask the question again. What do you do? Where are you in the story? Are you just a congregate at the house? And somebody's inconvenience in your story because they're making noise? And you can't pay attention to Jesus because someone is more desperate than you? Hmm. Somebody's trying to write a new story. Someone's trying to activate a new future. And my life is good and my story is great. Shh, be quiet. Settle down. Get off the roof. I'm trying to hear Jesus. There's four guys telling their friend, hey, won't you be my neighbor? You see, faith says, I want to touch God. Faith says, I want to change my story. Faith says, I I want a new life. Maybe you're in a situation today that you've been a little hesitant. Because this mat shows your weakness. Maybe you're in a situation today that you kind of have masked this. And we are professionals at masking and hiding. And some of you look good, but you know what you have? You have a mat. Rolled up in your trunk. So when you get out of church, you can go back to this. Oh, I don't see it right now. How you doing? Things are good. Thank you. Won't you be my neighbor? neighbor? Absolutely. Will you be mine? I love this place. And you go back out and open the proverbial trunk and go back to living your life on this. Why? Because if I told you I had one of these, you would think something's wrong with me. Oh, no. I'm not letting you in that close. But the message I'm preaching this morning is, if you'll bring your mat to Jesus. Mm. Put whatever you want on that mat. What do you struggle with? What vice seems to shackle you? What hidden sin... Is on the mat. Again, I reiterate in my story that the things on the mat get healed and reconciled when I bring the mat to Jesus. Not when I leave the mat in the car. Why? Because I don't want you to see it. And it's none of your business. I'll figure this out. May I submit to it's none of my business suggestion? There's a better way to live. We just sang songs this morning about 
how great God is and what all God does. But my question to us this morning, is it just a song that never reaches our mat? To me, then that's a concert. That's a show. Let's just go to Vegas and watch a show. Same result, nothing happens. But it's when we lean into the story and we see ourselves in the story. And the writer in Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he did this in Mark chapter 2, is it possible that he could do it for me? I think the answer is yes. You may think my faith isn't strong enough. I don't have anything to offer. Maybe that's the very reason you need a touch from God today. Maybe all the items, the collection on the map, that Jesus could say to your story, to your spirit, take up thy mat. King James, take up thy bed. And ironically in the story, the guy does it. And we can believe for that and we can sing songs. And we can believe for someone else, that's what they were doing. But what if you are that someone else and you are the someone else today? Or what if you're supposed to be the neighbor for that someone else? That's inconvenient. Yeah. That's going to cost me time. Talavas. That's going to cost me money. Perhaps. Not interested? Let me roll the clock back far enough in your life. What if somebody wasn't interested in you? Ah. Oh. At the time you came to God. What if you were an inconvenience? What if you were a hassle? Hmm. What if you cost somebody gas money? I think the reality is we all fit that story, do we not? And so to simplify my story today, to find yourself in the narrative of the characters and the actors. You're either carrying the mat or you're on the mat. And I just feel in my pastor's heart that there's a host of people that are on the mat. Thankfully, we're not all on the mat at the same time. In wrestling, in boxing, in MMA, cage fighting, 
When you're on the mat, that's a bad thing. And if you stay on the mat too long in those sports, you'll lose. I'm not a big fan of MMA. It's too gross. Although occasionally I'll see clips, you know, like best knockout ever, and I'll watch it, and I go, oh, God, that must have hurt. And he's still laying on the mat. And in some weird way, the guy standing up is the winner. I'm thinking in my spiritual life, hello. So the longer you're on the mat, the longer you're losing, Talibest. Maybe. Because the mat is no place for a champion. Goliath stayed on the mat, and what happened? They decapitated him. Mm. I forget exactly which fighter it was. It was back in the day of Sonny Liston. Boxing championship fight. One of the guys was getting pounded. Knocked down to the mat multiple times. He goes to the corner after the three-minute bail. Coach has put the stool out. They tell him, hey, look, stay down for the 10 count. Get some rest. Get your strength. You keep popping up every time you hit the mat. You keep jumping back up. Stay down there and get a little bit of rest. He goes, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Why can't you do it? He, because, because the longer I stay down there, the more he rests. Duly noted. So my friend, if you're on the mat today, I'm here to help get you to Jesus. And I'm convinced that every mat that gets to Jesus is made whole and repaired. Yes. In fact, I have documentation that these things are so. And there are several among us that have been on the mat. And you find yourself as the crippled man, set free, a new life, a new attitude. Because God touched you on your mat at your deepest point. David wrote in Psalms 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of a mat. Kind of. I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, it comforts me. Thou preparest a place for me in the midst of mine enemies. In order for that to happen, my friend, this mat has to be as close to Jesus as possible. And if the man in our story on the mat was left to his own skill set, will, and ambition, 
he would have still been at his house because he could not get to Jesus on his own power. But thankfully, there were four friends. Mm. Thankfully, there's a caring church. Mm. Thankfully, there are caring community group leaders mm. and people. Most of you know that my wife and I were on a mat, very recent. And the people that came to us and dropped off things was from the beautiful family of God, the four characters in our story. And how many of all of us, every one of us, that has been in situations that maybe we find ourselves on a temporary mat, that the church a.k.a. the four friends, come to your aid to help you get better, take care of situations. That's the value of the church. That's the value of the four friends. And so maybe as I close this morning with my story, I feel like I'm speaking and preaching to people that have a mat. And that there's needs in your life that I've come to tell you in my story time. That Jesus can heal and restore and reconcile. But you must let your friends, you must let the church play a part of the miracle that you cannot see. Hmm. That's the faith of a body of Christ. That's the value. The church always wins. Yes, it does. This man won because of his friends. Brother French, as I zoom out, I really see in the scripture zero perks for the four friends. Other than in their heart, they say, that felt good. Other than in their spirit, say, that's what we do. That's how we row. That's how we live. You ever watch news clips and somebody does something heroic? And they're called a hero. Man, you were a hero. You saved that baby from that burning car. And how often do we hear that person say, no, I'm not a hero. I did what anybody else would have done. I just responded. Please don't call me a hero. Well, maybe you're trapped in a car. You're trapped by sin. You're trapped in a vice that you can't get out of. You're trapped in a habit. And Jesus is telling you this morning through a story that you are the crippled man. I'm not crippled. I'm in perfect health. Nobody knows. But you still have a mat. You hide your mat. Pride. Embarrassment. 
the insecurity that you struggle with? So here's my appeal to us this morning. That anybody in the house or you're streaming with us online that wants to bring their mat to Jesus. Jesus is here right now. Jesus is in this house. I don't see him. I'm telling you, my friend, I feel him and I see him in the spirit. The friends helped the guy get healed. As a pastor, as an apostolic, spirit-filled minister, I'm telling you, Jesus is in the house. So don't argue with that with your spirit and your flesh. The question is this. Do I want anybody to know I even have a mat? Will you think different about me if I try to get healed today? Will you look at me different next Sunday knowing I brought a mat to Jesus? Will you? Or my life is confined to this. Hey, you know what? There's a better way to live. Yeah, but you're going to know my weakness. So I'd rather stay on my mat. That's not spiritually intuitive. You see, here's the deal. Once we get past the mat thing, we enter into deliverance. Once we get past, I got to get past the mat. That's up here. That's my psychic. We, our, our culture is, we don't tell you what's on the mat. Maybe as I live my life and some things spill out, you see and say, you know, I know what they need. I know what's on their mat because a few times. So in some cases, we already know. So who among us this morning, who's watching online and say, I want to be delivered. I want to be set free. I'm tired of hiding my mat. And maybe you're even on the praise team and you get up here on the platform and you struggle with something on the mat. God's saying, let me help you. Let me help you, Tony. The only way the man got healed because his vulnerability was exposed when they saw him on a mat. I'm not even sure, Brother Perez. I didn't read too far back. I don't even remember why was he crippled. For the glory of God? Talibes. So, you mind if I go out of my story and preach for a minute? You mind if I jump out of my storyline? Maybe your item on the mat is for the glory of God and you're squelching and suppressing the glory of God because you have too much pride to bring it to Jesus. Oh, I might preach for a minute now. 
It's not the thing that's on the mat. It's how I deal with what's on the mat that sets me free or I conceal it and it becomes a hidden private issue. And here's what I know. I've lived long enough that those private issues don't stay private and small. They grow. Every living thing grows. Because it's being fed by what? My carnality? What's being fed on this mat? No, 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 what? I'm getting rid of this mat. Take up thy bed. And walk. And go your way. And sin no more. That's what I want to hear. If you can get me out of my sin, God, I will go my way and I will sin no more. No more, no more, no more. But I can't get out of it by myself. So I'm coming to Jesus. And this is my day. Could you stand with me this morning? Whose mat do I have here? Whose is this? Who owns this mat? God wants to set you free. Maybe this mat, I'm sure it does, represents multiple people or families or households. But I ask the proverbial question, whose is this? Is this yours? Is this, is this yours? Is this yours? Oh, that, that's mine, sir. That's mine. Would you please come get your mat? Jesus wants to set you free. That's mine, pastor. Please come. Please come. Please come. I want to pray for us. And if the Lord has spoken to you and you've seen yourself in the story, you are a cast member. If you're not on the mat, then you need to be snuggling up to one of your neighbors and helping them get down here. Put your arm around and say, come on, I'm going to go with you. Come on, let me walk you down. Why? You're my friend. I care for you. I don't judge you. Come on, let me carry you on your mat. Or maybe you're on the mat and you need someone to carry you. As I pray, I'm going to ask God to help you discern the answer to that question. And then I'm going to ask you to respond to what God tells you to do. So if somebody comes alongside you and puts their arm around and says, I love you, you can't be offended. Why? Because they're part of the four friends. No one's trying to point you out. They're just trying to say, hey, won't you be my neighbor? I'm going to pray for us. You can come up. And everyone that comes, we're going to pray for you. It doesn't matter what's on the mat. I don't need to know. Don't, you don't have to tell me. This is an act of faith and obedience. Here's the thing, and I'm going to quit. I promise. Listen, here's the thing, the way God works, that we could bring the mat and it could be so cluttered and we don't have to tell nobody and God fixes it. And then when my mat is exposed, you don't even know what God did for me because God does it in a personal way. God's cool like that. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, as you are our neighbor and we are neighborly to one another, as we help people get to Calvary, God,
as we create a path through the crowded house and we go to great lengths and we expend energy and we tear roofs apart, God, just to get to you so you can tell people, thou art made whole, go your way, sin no more, take up your bed and follow me. And I ask that the Spirit of God would rest upon this house and bring people to this altar and that you would help us love and restore in the name of Jesus. We ask this to be true in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.